Our reading is taken from Romans chapter 12 and beginning at verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. Do not be slothful in zeal, be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. Repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honourable in the sight of all. If possible, so far as depends on you, live peaceably with all. Beloved, never avenge yourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. To the contrary, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for by so doing you will heap burning coals on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Well, thank you, Dan, and good morning, everyone. It is great to be here and um, to be looking, as Alan said, at our final family value. In some ways, this value almost works as like an umbrella for all the ones that have gone before and, and sort of holds them together because it's values that generally determine culture. So I've got... Uh, this is the bookmark. If you haven't got one, there's still some at the back, Lorraine assures me, and you can grab one. And it's got all the values on it that we've been looking at. So back in January, we started with be united, then be transformed, be authentic, listen to God, our character matters, learn to celebrate, power in weakness, grow through grace, and finally, today, a spiritual culture. So it's not too late to grab one if you don't have one. Um, so culture, it's one of those concepts that can feel a bit tricky to nail down. Um, we hear a lot of words associated with the word culture, so modern culture, British culture, youth culture, popular culture, mass culture, cancel culture. And to me, at least, it, it seems a bit abstract. Now, we might find it easier to think in terms of trends or um, themes or characteristics. I did a quick internet search and quickly realized that no one else is clear on it either. Wikipedia has got like pages and pages and it's just full of hyperlinks to long words. So that wasn't particularly helpful. 
So I decided to just go back to what I know and what I've always found to be the most helpful way to think about culture is simply the phrase, culture is the way we do things around here. Culture is the way we do things around here. So it might be helpful to think about culture in relation to some perhaps smaller spheres of our lives, like our places of work or clubs or societies we belong to. I used to be a civil servant, and civil service culture is quite special and quite distinct. It could definitely be defined by the word slow, um, possibly infuriating. Um, and I was always quite jealous of my husband because for 14 years he worked for a technology company that was regularly in the top 10 best employers list. And I was always really struck by how their company values determined their culture. For example, one of their core company values was full disclosure, bad news first. Now, what this meant was that if something, and that could be anything, went wrong, the first thing they would do would be to phone and tell their customers. No cover-ups, just straight-up honesty and transparency. In fact, when they were interviewing people for a job, they would pose a scenario and say something like, uh, imagine you're in a data center and you knock a cable out by accident, you quickly put it back in and everything's fine, what do you do? And if that interviewee said anything other than tell everyone immediately, they didn't get the job. So everybody understood that values were only worth having if they actually lived them out each day. So what does it mean to have a spiritual culture? Well, as Christians, we have a global identity as part of the body of Christ. Don't worry if you can't read that, by the way. It's more of a visual aid. It's, it's basically the Bible passage. Um, we have a global identity as part of the body of Christ, but we also have a more local identity as members of St. Saviour's Church. So what is it about the ways we do things around here that make our spiritual culture visible? Now, although our passage today is just 13 verses long, it is packed to the brim of examples to help us shape our spiritual culture. In fact, I counted close to 30 different instructions. Now, the verses are gone, but they was, it was there. <laughs> and I highlighted just a few things. So, be sincere, be devoted to one another, be faithful in prayer, Practice hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony and overcome evil with good. Now, I'm really quite humbled to say that when I think about this church and this body of people, and although I don't know every one of you personally, I do know quite a few of you, I can think of literally hundreds of ways that I have experienced and observed these kinds of qualities being played out, both in recent times and across the 17 years that I've been part of this church. This is so important because a culture is not built on the behaviors of a few. 
It is what the majority do that ultimately creates it. Of course, leaders play a central role in setting the culture, which is why I'm grateful to Alan for putting this series together. But ultimately, it is with each of us to play our part and then work together to define the culture. We also need to challenge and champion each other to keep our integrity in these things. So celebrate where it's going well and be quick to put it right when it isn't. In this passage, amongst all the positive instructions like be devoted, be sincere, Paul also gives us several warnings about things that can trip us up and cause damage to our spiritual culture. And perhaps in many ways, these present a bit more of a challenge to us. So the passage says, and I've expanded them a little bit, don't lack zeal or enthusiasm. Don't curse those who persecute you, control your reactions. Don't be proud or conceited, don't judge or look down on others. Don't seek revenge, even if it's just with your words. Don't be overcome by evil, including becoming a slave to our own sins. I wonder whether there's any particular words in that passage that have jumped out to you as things that you think, yeah, I do that, I do that really well. And I wonder if any of them jar with you as things that you think, yeah, and no, I struggle with that. They certainly do with me. And you know, as we've looked at in previous weeks in this series, the development of our characters, our authenticity, and our transformation requires us to raise our self-awareness and think honestly about our individual behaviors. I personally found verse 11 one of the most challenging. Never be lacking in zeal, enthusiasm, passion, but keep your spiritual fervor, commitment, dedication, serving the Lord. I know that my zeal can change day to day, even hour to hour sometimes. I can leave church on a Sunday morning full of passion and commitment to Jesus, and by 2 p.m., I find that I'm seriously lacking in zeal, perhaps even Christian behaviors. These things are not easy to do. And there's a lot to remember. We've got all the values. We've got all this list of things in this passage. How are we possibly going to remember them? Research shows that people can only hold three to five things in their memory at any one time. So if, like me, you struggle to remember more than a couple of things from any sermon, <laughs> I want to just share two pieces of encouragement that will help us all to grow our spiritual culture. Ready? Number one. It's not us that creates a spiritual culture, but the spirit within us. It is not us that creates a spiritual culture, but the spirit within us. It is impossible to have a spiritual culture without the Spirit. <laughs> and by the Spirit, I of course mean the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, and the gift Jesus promised would be poured out on us when we turn to him for forgiveness and believe in him. We can't buy, earn, or force the Spirit to live within us. We receive the Spirit as a generous gift 
from God. If we try to create a spiritual culture without the Spirit, then it is just balancing on how much strength and discipline we humanly have on any given day. And I can assure you it won't be very much, and we certainly won't be consistent. But when we turn our hearts to Jesus, the Bible says the Holy Spirit lives within us, and we become a home for the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, our bodies are like a temple, a home for the Holy Spirit. Our Father God, in his kindness, has poured out his Spirit to come and stay with us. So firstly, it's not us that creates a spiritual culture, but the Spirit within us. Secondly, we just need to say yes to the Spirit. <clears throat> I think that if we really knew the power that we have living inside of us, then every part of our lives would change. I think if I really knew the power that's living inside of me, then every part of my life would change. Now, that's not to devalue anything that we do or have right now. It's just to say that I think there's more available. When we hear stories of revival, it's not that the people involved were special in themselves, but just that they said yes to God's spirit and made space for him to work. Perhaps a band could come back. It's important to understand that God values our freedom. He doesn't barge his way in. He pursues us, but ultimately, he waits patiently. He has done all the work to make a way for us to be in relationship with him and to have this power live in us. But ultimately, the next move is always ours. Maybe you're exhausted right now, feeling weak and defeated. If you feel like that, then can I encourage you to go back and listen to Alan's talk from two weeks ago? Because that's where he talked about, in our weakness, God is strong. Romans 8.26 says, The Spirit helps us in our weakness. We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself prays on our behalf. God is so close. The Spirit within us is as close as our breath. So let's allow God to do what only he can by saying yes to the work of his Spirit in our lives every day. No one can do it for us. But the first step is really simple. Now, I know that some of you probably get up every morning and the first thing you do is spend time with God. You invite the Spirit into your day, you're reading your Bible, you're praying. That's amazing. You're, keep going. <laughs> keep doing that. But if you don't, if that's not how the day begins for you at the moment and you'd like to start, I'm going to offer you a simple idea, just one thing to do. 
start each day with a short prayer inviting the Holy Spirit to lead us in what we do say and think. Now, perhaps in the past we thought, oh, well, like, yeah, I wanted to do that, or I did it for a while and then I stopped, I forgot, or whatever, my routine changed. Perhaps we can learn something here from the well-being community that suggests that we tie small habits that we want to change to daily activities. So maybe when you're cleaning your teeth or boiling the kettle or making a packed lunch, whatever you do every day that you could tie that prayer to to help you remember to ask the Holy Spirit to come and lead your day. Because I think that once we begin to do this and it becomes a habit, that we will start to see the leading of the Holy Spirit in our day-to-day lives. And then we will experience powerful changes in our lives, our homes, our families, and ultimately in our culture here at St. Saviour's. I'd like to invite you to close your eyes just as we respond to God. If you want to experience more of God's power in your life every day, then just say yes to him now. In your heart or out loud, with your own words or just in the silence, say yes to the Holy Spirit. If you haven't ever turned to Jesus, or you know that you've had your back to him lately, just know that he longs to be in relationship with you, and his spirit is close to you right now, waiting for an invitation. You can bring your life to Jesus right now, with all its messiness, and he will meet with you. And if anyone would like prayer after the service, then Alan and I are here. There'll be others if if needed. So let's just pray to close. Lord Jesus, thank you for what we already have. Thank you for the ways that we see you working in our lives right now. Thank you for the the ways that you're working in this church community, Lord, and the way it spills out into the area around us. But Lord, we just want to ask for more. We know that there's more to be had. Would you prepare us to receive more, whatever that means, whatever that looks like for us individually? Holy Spirit, thank you that all the heavy lifting is done by you and not us. Would you do what only you can and meet with us individually in the way that we need you are a personal God. We just thank and praise you. And we just ask for more. In Jesus' name, amen.